It's an injury crisis in the NRL after three rounds of the 2021 Telstra Premiership. With last week, a bunch of stars going down for the respective teams. And we had a situation where we saw teams like the Canberra Raiders and Cronulla Sharks either only have one player on their bench or no players on their bench. It was a, a crazy situation. You got stars that uh, I believe about 19 uh, players were out of HIAs. You got stars with ACL injuries. It was an absolute injury crisis. Uh, but in saying that, the show must go on. Round 14 list are out. We're going to get into all those today and see all the new players in the teams this week. Welcome to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 4. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. First off, I want to thank Matt Cosrew for being a guest, my first ever guest on Steve's NRL Footy Tips last week. In saying that, it was a really tough week for most tipsters throughout all of Australia and across the world that do you know, enter rugby league tips each and every week. A bunch of upsets, a bunch of crazy situations, and I ended the week on four out of eight, an absolute disaster for myself, only a 50% strike rate. I'm hoping to improve on that tremendously this week. My guest, Kozaru, I said before we started it that if Matt got a perfect round, that he would be banned from all future episodes of Steve's NRL Footy Tips. He uh, got five out of eight, so he's still one up to me, but overall we're sitting at... 15 tips for the season. It's 15 out of 24, so 15 correct, 9 wrong. We're well over 50%, but I want to be well past that and finally get a perfect round. So it's going to be a hell of a job ahead of me this week with all these changes and all these new members to each of these lineups. But uh, we'll get into it shortly. Before we do so, please remember to like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. Uh, please like, share, and subscribe to whoever you guys listen to this podcast each and every week, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts. We're on plenty of different streaming serv- uh, different podcasts and streaming services, so check them out. Before we get into it, also want to note that Parramatta and Penrith, the only two teams that are undefeated after three rounds for all the talk that we had of the competition getting divided and how the game is speeding up and that could create a real divide between the good teams and the bad teams of this competition. Surprisingly, only three weeks in and there's only two teams undefeated. There are a few, however, without a win. So we're going to look at all that this week and get right into the footy tips. Without further ado, let's get to Thursday night. And it all kicks off with Penrith versus Manly. So the action of round four kicks off when the Manly Sea Eagles host the Penrith Panthers from Lotto Land up there at Brookvale on Thursday night at 8.05pm. And Manly, where do you even begin with them? An absolutely atrocious start to the season. Win Stadium against the Dragons last week. They just had nothing in terms of attack. They had so many attacking opportunities against the Dragons. They could have really tested St. George in that match. They were getting to, got into the grind early in that second half, but it all fell apart. Their defense just isn't there. They look lost in attack, and they need some serious improving to do if they're going to be any chance against the Penrith Panthers at Brookvale. One of the only two teams, as I just mentioned, that are undefeated in the competition after three rounds, and they were great last week against Melbourne. With no Nathan Cleary, Dylan Edwards going down injured as well. So they had the cards uh, stacked against them in that game. They scored a late try uh, via Kurt Capewell, and they really looked like... They're ready, potentially, to go one further this year and, and win the grand final. So I'm liking what I'm seeing from Penrith. They're going better than I thought they would do to start the season. Not helping Manly is the fact also that they've only won one game at Brookvale in over a year and a half, I believe, now. So 
They really need to turn around quickly. Tommy Trojevic is still a few weeks away. Their star fullback, and they've got a lot of other injuries like Curtis Sirinan and Andrew Davey out as well. But this side, the efforts they're putting out there on the field are absolutely disgraceful. I thought they were going to show up last week against the Dragons, and they just really, as I mentioned, had absolutely nothing to offer in that game. They didn't seem like they wanted to be there. When they were in the match, they'd just have stupid, silly, unforced errors, and they just weren't committed in defense. And I know they don't have an, exactly an all-star roster. I tipped them in my top eight pre-season just on the back of what Tommy Troyevich can do, and I thought that the four and Cherry Evans combo would really you know, spark this side. But at the moment... They just seem like they lack any sort of game plan. Des Haslam needs to get control of his team quickly if they're going to save their season. And they need to show something. As I mentioned in my season preview, go check that one out if you haven't listened to it, that they need to show some signs of life without their star fullback, Tom, Tom Trojevic, because there's only one player. And round 20 last year, we saw him come back into the team uh, to get some match fitness for this year. He tried to get involved way too much. He, he was really trying to save his team in that match and ended up going down with his hamstring injury uh, yet again. So they, the last thing Manly would want is that to happen this time around. They need to really be there and support their superstar fullback when he comes back and really be in the contest and into the grind, which they failed to do throughout this entire year. All right, I did say, as I said, that we're going to get into the team list for this match and you look at it and uh, Stephen Croydon has actually shifted to fullback for Pendriff. He uh, is taking the spot of Dylan Edwards, who, of course, got injured last week after breaking his hand. Matt Burden, who played fantastic last week against Melbourne. His kicking game was pinpoint uh, in his first game of the year. Of course, he's going to the Bulldogs in 2021, but he's got a spot uh, in the centres this week for Penrith, and the forward pack remains unchanged for Manly. Morgan Boyle just comes on the bench at the expense of Sipley, who had a decent job last week, but uh, obviously they're looking for a little bit more punch uh, from their bench this week, and really, this contest could be a disaster for Manly. They need to show a hundred times the effort they've showed in the first three rounds of this competition, or Penrith could win this game by a huge amount. They've got five power all over the field. You know what it, you know what this Penrith team produces now. Crichton at fullback is going to be an interesting selection. So as Bird in the centres, we'll see how they line up this week. But it's a good week to test those combinations out against the Manly side that. Will be desperate, but uh, as you can see, they, they don't have an all-star lineup. They're really struggling, and Nathan Cleary's back in this one, which he was missing that win against the Storm last week, but we, we know if he can get uh, some good quality football out to Kikiao and that Luai combination out there, they're going to be absolutely explosive. I've got Penrith in this game by 38, which is a huge amount, I know, and I expect Manly to be better, but I've been saying that every week, and Manly haven't improved at all, so I think if Manly... Don't start this game well. They have to somehow upset Pender to start the game, and they've got to show some real commitment in defense, and they need a game plan with the football in their hands. Otherwise, this is going to be an absolute disaster for Manly. And at this rate, they need to win in the next couple of weeks so they can already forget about 2021 and start building towards 2022 because if they, they're going to start their season 0-5, 0-6, by the time Sean Trojevic gets over, it could be too little too late for this Manly. I gets back, it could be too little too late for this Manly side. All right, moving on to Friday football now, and Friday night looks a little bit different this week. Of course, with the Easter holiday, the traditional Easter Friday match will take place. It is the Canterbury Bulldogs versus the South Sydney Rabbitohs in the first game of Friday night football, but it's at 4.05 p.m. in the afternoon at Stadium Australia, and really, uh, the Bulldogs, What there's not much to say about them. They're a bit like Manly in the fact that they're really struggling at the moment, and it didn't get lower 
It couldn't get lower than last Saturday's defeat at the hands of the Brisbane Broncos, 24-0. They really failed to fire a shot. Um, They were awful. And really, for Trent Barrett, I don't know what the solution is. This is not his side, so I don't think his job is under any pressure at all. But I know they've got some recruits like uh, Josh Adekar and Matt Burden coming next year. But this is another situation like Manly. They need a win soon to kickstart their season. Otherwise, they could be in some serious trouble. And last week, they, unlike Manly, uh, like me, unlike Manly, last week they failed to fire a shot at all. Or at least Manly got on the board. Um, against one of the worst defenses in the NRL, the Broncos, the Bulldogs failed to score a single point. Kyle Flanagan, he doesn't have much to work with. Den- uh, Jake Avarillo wasn't much better there as well in controlling the team. The forwards just folded. I mean, Brisbane's forwards got all over the top of them, and uh, they just could not compete at all in the match, the Bulldogs against Brisbane. This week, in response to that, Trent Barrett, even though, as I said, he this could be just be a rebuilding year, you know, one of those years that you forget about before you get really in contention for a top eight spot, but... This week, uh, Trent Barrett's responded by putting Sion Katoa at hooker. Uh, Jeremy Marshall King was injured last week, so he'll be out for six to eight weeks. That didn't help their service from dummy half. Nick Meaney's gone to fullback. Corey Allen's actually being swapped out to the wing. I don't know if I like that call. They signed Allen to be their fullback for a long period of time, and three weeks in, they're already, you know, pushing him aside out there the wing. That's an interesting decision. Um Renoff Atoni will start because Jackson, Josh Jackson, one of their best players, is out. Jackson Topin and Dean Britt are new faces on the bench. I rate Dean Britt. I think he's a big, solid forward. But the big change for the Bulldogs, Lachlan Lewis gets a recall at 5'8". Jake Avarillo, after some couple of quarter performances and not really combining well with with uh, the new recruit, Kyle Flanagan, Trent Barrett's gone and made a change and gives Lewis a chance back in first grade, which I think is a great call. Lewis... I think he's a great defender, which the Bulldogs have been lacking over the last couple of weeks, but I also think he creates some opportunities in attack. Does he always, you know, make the right decisions out there on the football field? No, but I think he's got a lot more potential um, to have a good cohesion and uh, a good combination there with Kyle Flanagan than Jake Avarillo does. No offense to him, but I think he's got some work to do if he's going to be a full-time first grader Avarillo, and I think Lachlan Lewis, while he's been in and out of this Bulldogs team for a few years, I think he'll make the most of his opportunity. However, we've talked about the Bulldogs. Their opponents this week were absolutely outstanding last week in that first half against the Sydney Roosters. South Sydney, well, they, they didn't have the right game plan against Melbourne in round one, but it's been two fantastic weeks since. The the margins haven't been huge against Manly and the Roosters, but that match against the Roosters in front of celebrities like Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman and, um, and Jeff Goldblum and Russell Crowe, obviously their owner, they came out and they looked more determined, they looked fitter, and they looked faster than the Sydney Roosters. The Roosters, of course, picked up some injuries later in that game, but they were absolutely on fire, and they showed that they are a real threat to this premiership. I've been saying since I started this podcast back up for this season that if the Rabbitohs do not make the grand final in 2021, it is an absolute disappointment. Their window for this premiership is closing with the departure of Wayne Bennett, and this current squad has basically lost the last three preliminary finals in a row. Most of the members of this squad have been a part of all those three losses. So this is now or never stuff for the Rabbitohs. They were outstanding last week. Their forwards off the bench, Jai Arrow, Mark Nichols, they just added so much um, and really built on the platform that Tom Burgess and uh, guys like uh, Keon Kalonmatungi had really set uh, in the first 20 minutes. And 
They look like they could pretty much beat any side on their day, see us, which is what you want to see. That combination with Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, Dane Gago, and Alex Johnson down that left-hand side of the attack, absolutely outstanding. And when that doesn't work, well, Adam Reynolds would have shifted to the other side, and you saw Josh Mentor go in for his first try last year, getting spot back from Jack, uh, last week, getting his spot back from Jackson Paulo. He made the most of that opportunity as well. I think Seas are absolutely flying at the moment, despite the loss, and they're getting ready for, for a huge season. However, the Bulldogs usually step up in this traditional uh, Easter match, and they really make it into a contest most years. Last year, round 19, the Rabbitohs were prepping for a big finals uh, campaign, and they actually lost the second last round to the Bulldogs before going on meeting the Roosters 60 points to 8 in the final round of the season. I don't see an upset happening this time. I didn't see it happening last time, however, but this Rabbitohs side, I think, is the strongest it's been in several years. They really seem like they're enjoying their football with Wayne Bennett, and as we saw last week, the Bulldogs were an absolute disgrace in but with both the football in their hand and the defense fell fat. Their forwards really failed to make an impact, and bother the, the Brisbane forwards at all, and I really just see this being all one-side traffic. I see another flogging. I see the Rabbitohs by 40 points. I do expect the Bulldogs, however, to score a trial to. I think this could be the first match, if it doesn't happen on the Thursday night, that we see a 50-plus scoreline put on in the season. Um, more one-side traffic. I just think in these first two games, Penrith and the Rabbitohs are, are far away the better sides than the, their two opponents. So the Rabbitohs by 40 in this one for me. All right, so the 4 o'clock Easter Friday game happens. We will take a little break after that in NRL. And uh, the second game won't start until 8.05 p.m. At the moment, it's scheduled for Amy Park. It could move to ANZ to be a doubleheader with that Rabbitohs-Bulldogs game. But currently, from Friday at 8.05 p.m., the Melbourne Storm will host the Brisbane Broncos the Broncos have been forced to relocate to Sydney due to uh, the COVID lockdown up there in Brisbane. Uh, the Bulldogs, I failed to mention that last game, also have to quarantine as well because they were up Brisbane last week but before the game. But confident things are going to move along and everything's going to be fine. So assuming it is, the Broncos will travel down to to Melbourne on Friday night to verse uh, Stormside. That, let's be honest, uh, they haven't been fantastic to start the season. They actually find themselves out of the top eight for only the 10th time in over 10 years, which is an absolutely incredible stat, which shows you just how much they're missing Cameron Smith at the moment. But in saying that, their opponents that they've lost to, they just first they've, their first three opponents, you look at them in general, the Rabbitohs are a really tough opponent, as we just touched on. They lost to the Eels um, round two, their first loss of the year. Great performance for Parramatta in round three last week. Penrith, well, it's a grand final rematch, and Penrith just had a little bit more at the end than Melbourne. A couple of decisions actually went against Melbourne as well. So I don't think they're going quite as bad as everybody think they are, and they're versing a Broncos team that got uh, a win on the board last week for the first time this season. And it wasn't a pretty one, but they got the job done. They got some much-needed confidence, and Kevin Walters finally got that duck off his back as a head coach in the NRL. So it was a 24-0 victory over over the Bulldogs and um, a well-deserved one because they thoroughly outplayed them. Some huge ins uh, for both sides this week in these team lists. Ryan Pappenhausen will make his return from a neck injury, that minor injury he suffered, um, I believe, in round two. He's back uh, for Melbourne. Tom Eisenhaft's been named to play. He's in doubt, but he's been named. And uh, Brenko Lee's not back yet. Uh, Felice Kafusi. Dale Fanuke and Harry Green all out as well, but Ryan Pappenhausen, the big one. Why they get ready to host their incoming stars coming back in the next couple of weeks. The bigger ones, though, Brisbane Broncos, Payne Haas, Matt Lodge, their front row combination back 
Pangawai and Flegg has gone back to the bench, but those two are going to absolutely make a huge difference. Haas must be really tearing down the door to get out there on the field because it's been a long off-season for him, obviously, with the suspension. Matt Lodge was looking very good in round one before he went down injured with his hamstring, and I, uh, I've got to say, the Broncos impressed me last week. It's just all about consistency. Anthony Milford, Brody Croft um, have been at their best. Milford had some good touches, and Asako really stood out for Brisbane last year. That This spine's going to have to have an absolutely superb game if there are any chance against Melbourne. Obviously, the COVID situation's not helping them at the moment, and with the return of Ryan Papperhausen, Munster Hughes controlling the ship. Craig Bellamy, I said it last week on the show with Coz, and Coz ended up being right because Melbourne lost the game. But how often do you see Melbourne lose two games in a row? Not often. What's well, happened now, how often do you see them lose three games in a row? Basically never. I expect a huge response from Melbourne in front of their home crowd, assuming it gets played at Melbourne, which I'm pretty sure it will be. They're going to make a decision by noon tomorrow. But I expect Melbourne to really come out and make a statement. Brisbane will stay away from early, I reckon. Don't uh, get me wrong. I think the, there will be a good battle up front with the return of Lodge and Huss against the experienced forwards that uh, Melbourne have, like you know Christian Welsh, who's been absolutely killing it so far this season. But... Melbourne are going to get on top of them when it matters, and I, I expect Melbourne to win this one pretty comfortably. I've got Melbourne by 30, not as much as the other two, but uh, I think for the first three games of this week that uh, there's going to be some big scores put on, and I, I think that uh, Craig Bellamy's got to be filthy uh, with the effort of his team the last couple of weeks. Even though they've been really trying and really in grindy situations, he expects perfection from this squad, and I think this week it's all going to come together, and they're going to be a lot better against the Brisbane Broncos. All right, we're up to my favourite time of the weekend now, Super Saturday, and it, uh, we've only got two games this week, actually, because of the long Easter weekend. There's a Monday night game that we'll get to a little bit later, but it all starts uh, Saturday afternoon football from 5pm when uh, the Cronulla Sharks versus the North Queensland Cowboys from the Sunshine Coast Stadium. Cronulla, of course, uh, they had a lot of issues last week in terms of their bench and free players failing their HIAs, so... They'll be, uh, they'll be a lot better this week. Obviously, I tipped them for the upset against Parramatta. Didn't pan out, but I thought they were really good and really brave in that match, regardless of the result. So they've actually really impressed me so far. The Sharks and they're versing a Cowboys side that, let's be honest, they're an absolute train wreck at the moment as well. We've gone through a few train wrecks this afternoon, but uh, the Cowboys could be in the worst position of all of them. Uh, we've heard over the last week that Michael Morgan could be medically retired due to his ongoing shoulder issue. And last week, they responded by putting Drinkwater um, there at 5'8 and starting Holmes at fullback, which they've continued this with this week. Jay Clifford's been dropped because of the return of uh, because of Ben Hampton getting moved in there after a couple of poor performances from him. They've uh, Payton's really put the axe out this week. I mean, Masters has been dropped as well. Dunn's hurt, so Justin O'Neill goes to the centres. Uh, Connolly... Lemonu comes in for his first game of the season. Uh, the Hammers back on the wing, and they've named they've named Ben Condon, who will play second NRL game in the second row there. And uh, Shane Wright will start with Josh McGuire. So a lot of changes there for the Cowboys. But the main thing is they need a win. They need one fast. And uh, really, that performance a forty-four to eight demolition job at the hands of the Gold Coast Titans. Really wasn't good enough, and it wasn't first-grade standard. And Todd Payton, I don't know how he gets his club out of this situation. There's already a heap of pressure on him to retain his job. A little bit unfairly. It's not really his squad, but I've been saying it 
since the start of the season, they really haven't offered anything. Their squads, in my opinion, are a bunch of fringe first graders. And then you've got guys like Josh Maguire, who, you know, former Queensland and Australian representative, they'll start him on the bench. I just don't understand some of the decision-making there at the Cowboys. This is a winnable game for them because Cronulla, they like a bit of a grind there. I think they're traveling pretty well, Cronulla, despite, you know, obviously the result last week. But they like a grind. They don't usually score a lot of points in matches. And if the Cowboys are at their absolute best, they can provide an upset here. But the Sharks, um, you know, they, they had obviously Katoa is, uh, had his MCL injury last week. So they've got uh, they've got Harati there um, on the wing and uh, Nakora is out for him and uh, Ramian, Royce Hunt and Talakai, they're all still out. Wade Graham, Will Kennedy had HIA, so they've got a pass to get back and play this week. So they're short on troops, Cronulla. They're a grindy side. I do like the style they play, and I think their forward pack is really going to be uh, the, the what gets them over the line this week. Ueli, Woods, Rudolph. If Graham plays, he'll be handy as ever. And I just don't think the Cowboys have the points in them, obviously, and they're just not committed enough for me in defense. And I just hope that... Uh, I hope that we get a close game because the Cowboys fans deserve a much better performance than the Cowboys have been dishing out so far this year. Cronulla down on troops. I, I don't think this is going to be a hugely exciting one, but I've got Cronulla in this one by 10 points. Uh, but expect a bit of a, an, a reply from this Cowboys squad. Surely they've got to show something after the first horrible three weeks of this competition. All right, moving on now to the Saturday 7.35 p.m. game, and it all takes place from Seabus Super Stadium when the Gold Coast Titans, who are two out of three and often flying for their 2021 campaign versus the Canberra Raiders side that were undefeated before last weekend, were reduced to one player on the bench for the last 65 minutes of that game and still lost in a very controversial way. So the Titans versus the Raiders from Seabus Super Stadium on Saturday night. I think this could be the match of the round. It's going to be an absolute great contest. The Raiders, obviously Ricky Stewart's press conference situation he ended up walking out after about a minute and he addressed his club's performance and saying how proud he was of the effort despite the lack of troops and he didn't want to get into the referee situation that had unfolded of course Henry Perinama awarding a very controversial try to Ben Murdoch to Silla that that pass was significantly forward and a couple other things went against Canberra in that game but for me they're still one of these the heavyweights of this competition I love their squad I love the way that they play and they almost won that game. If it wasn't for the heroics of Roger Tuovavashek, they would have won that game. Um, the Raiders, they've got plenty to offer in this competition. Their HIA guys are going to be monitored through the week, but it looks like Sebastian, Chris, and Ryan James will be right to play this match. They have been named. And the Titans, on the other hand, well, it wasn't a great start against the Warriors. It wasn't a fantastic performance in their first win of the year against Brisbane, but they showed enough good signs. And then last week against the Cowboys, I think that match, you know, it was always only going to be one way. It was going to be a Titans victory, but they gained a lot of confidence out of it. David Feeder can't understate his performance. An absolutely outstanding effort last week. AJ Brimson really found his footing at fullback there and after having an injury himself during State of Origin last year. And they're just looking like a side that's ready to uh, make a real finals push this year. Obviously, there's been a lot of hype for the Titans in the offseason, but... They're going to be out. They're going to be firing. Tanner Boyd stepped in for age, uh, for Ashley Taylor. Ash Taylor, who was a late exclusion last week, he's going to get named in the sixth jersey again this week. But they're pretty 
Both sides are pretty settled, really. Uh, Hudson Young and Dominus Law will return for the Raiders this week after missing last week. Ryan Sutton's going back to lock because Tarpanay had that that ankle injury. But it should be a great game. There should be a lot of points scored in this one. The Titans, if they can get their attack right, like they have several uh, key moments in the last fortnight, uh, they're going to be more than a challenge to this Canberra Raiders side. Who, as I said, they had. A, little, a few injury problems. They're one of the heavyweights of the competition, but they've got to be really wary of this Titan side because the potential of points is there. It's just whether they can compete with the Raiders defensively. And the Raiders, for me, uh, it's all going to be on George Williams and Jack Wyden. I'd like to see Wyden get a little bit more involved than he has in the opening three weeks. But overall, I think this is going to be a great game. I'm actually going to tip the Titans by four points in the upset that I've gone this week. Uh don't get me wrong, the Raiders are going to be ready to go, but I think that defensive effort that I had to uh, endure last week with only you know 14 players available for so long in that game, I think it's going to take a little bit of a toll on the Raiders. I don't think it's going to affect them long-term, but I don't know if they're going to be at their best in this game. And the Titans in front of a, what should be a very good home crowd up there at Seabus Super Stadium should be up for it. I've got the Titans in this one by four points against the Canberra Raiders. Sunday afternoon football kickoff from McDonald Jones Stadium when the Newcastle Knights host the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Both of these teams, two out of three victories. The Knights, well, they weren't at their best last week against the Tigers. They led a, uh, a desperate Tigers team out in Thuzum last week, and they suffered the results of that one. However, uh, some positive performances there by guys like Tex Hoy and uh, and their front row combination with Daniel Sofidi there really uh, and Jaden Braley, who's had an, having a fantastic season, has really you know got some bright spots in that otherwise poor performance. They're versing a Dragons side that weren't great last week against Manly at Wynn Stadium, but uh, were more than enough to 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 beat their opponent. And you know they they're going to be wounded this week with the loss of Ben Hunt. Adam Clude's coming to the side, but uh, they're a side that Newcastle shouldn't take lightly. The local derby usually is a very good contest between these two sides. I'm expecting nothing different this week. The Knights uh, have named Blake Green on the bench, interestingly enough, uh, coming back from his ACL injury that he suffered after one game for the club. He's going to be named on the bench, and we'll see what input he has into this side. But other than that, it's a pretty settled squad for both teams. The Knights still missing several key men. Bradman Best was out last week uh, with that elbow injury, and he's looking to be out for another month or two. Uh... Who who else we got out? Well, that's pretty much Saifidi's back in the bench as well. J- Jacob as well for him. And the Dragons, pretty settled. Jack Bird and Ben Hunter are the, are the big exclusions for him. But I expect a very close game in this one. The Dragons just need to you know, stay consistent. They seem like they when they do something great, they make an unforced error the next set. And they just need to be all around across the park, just better with their completion rate um, and a little bit tougher in the middle in defence because Manly scored a couple of soft tries there last week. That try, the first try that Ruben Garrick scored, it was a Matt Dufty. It should have been a simple toss out the sideline. He butchered it. Garrick scored. It's just little things like that that worry me about the Dragons and their potential this year. Um, they really need to find another leader without Ben Hunter. I don't even know who's captaining them this week without their leader there. Um, but I'd assume it would be someone like Vaughan or Tarek Sims. Um, but Norman and Adam Clune are going to be absolutely instrumental to their chances. Norman hasn't had a great few seasons. This is the game that he could really take and prove, hey, I belong here with this Dragons squad. But the question is with Norman Willie. He's so um, inconsistent, or he has been since he left Parramatta, that it's hard to tell what Corey Norman we're going to get out there for the Dragons. And 
For the Knights, um, again, it's just like the Dragons, about consistency. They were very poor last week. Uh, with their execution, they're going to be a, have to be a lot better with Kurt Mann and Pierce. And I think that Blake Green will take a bit of pressure off those guys. And uh, their defense just all around needs to be tightened. So I think this, these two sides are in a pretty similar spot. The Knights will take a little bit more confidence about this game being at Newcastle. But so was last week. They just need to be better. Um, in front of their home side for sure, uh, home crowd for sure. But I've got Newcastle in this match by 12 points. I think this will be a pretty close match all out, but I just think Newcastle are just going to have a bit too much for the Dragons in the last 15 to 20 minutes of this game and, uh, you know, really blow it out. But I expect a real tight contest in this game. Plenty of points getting scored because both teams can attack with the football pretty well. Um, I expect this one to be a tight one. But the Knights by 12 at the end. All right, the action will continue pretty much straight after that at 6.15. The Roosters will host the New Zealand Warriors from the Sydney Cricket Ground. And wasn't last week a disaster for the Sydney Roosters, losing Lachlan Lamb to an MCL, uh, Luke Keary to an ACL, Daniel Fafida, their young and upcoming rookie, getting a uh, sin for a, you know, basically a, uh, a coward punch, um, deservingly sin bin, but he's been suspended this week as well. And Lindsay Collins going down to an ankle injury. They are short of troops of the Roosters. Trent Robertson's come out and said he's had to name every fit player they've got. So they have named a 21. That includes Suwali, um, the young rookie in the 20 jersey. It will be interesting to see if he comes into the team. But they're versing a Warriors side that, you know, they were really good last week against the Raiders. After the first half, they started off so poorly, um, but they really responded to the message that Nathan Brown gave them at halftime and came out and ended up, you know, Beating a depleted Raiders side, and it was a lucky win for sure, but it's one that they take plenty of confidence uh, out of, and I think they will rate themselves a chance against a depleted Roosters side that has had to fill their half spot with Drew Hutchinson, who's been starting at the bench. He's a bit of a journeyman at this point in the NRL, even though he's very young. He's played a few different uh, positions there and uh, been at a few different clubs. Sam Walker is making his debut in the halfback role. Of course, he's got so much hype around him, this young kid. We'll see how he goes. Um, and Freddie Lussick's still in the hooker position as well. But they're surrounded by a bunch of experience in, you know, the Morris brothers, Joseph Manu, Tedesco, their forward pack still got guys like uh, Croydon and uh, Radley back in it as well, and Hargrave's coming off the bench. So it's just going to be a matter of whether this cast combination can... Um, you're not, they're not going to replace Luke Keary, and it's such a killer bro to the premiership chances this season, and I don't think they can win the con from here, to be honest with the Roosters, but they still are a heavyweight side. If these guys don't overplay their hands, control the team nicely, and uh, really get some quality ball to these guys, then the Roosters are still going to be a threat to any team, um, let alone the Warriors. So... Um, I'm very impressed by the performance of Cody Nickareem and Sean O'Sullivan. Speaking of halves, they've really stepped up uh, with the loss of uh, Janelle Tavita Harris. And their forward pack is going surprisingly very well, the Warriors. I thought they might struggle a bit in terms of fitness. Um, and they have led in a few soft tries, don't get me wrong. But Adam Fanua Blake, Bunny Afoa, killing it in the front row for him. And Toe Harris is reliable as ever. They've got some damaging runners of the ball there with Katoa and Siren as well. I think they're going to be a very big challenge to this Roosters side. However, I expect the Roosters uh, to respond to that disappointing performance last week. They obviously weren't ready to play 80 minutes. And despite all their injuries, I have the Roosters from failing on this one just, though. I've got the Roosters by two points in this game. I think it's going to be that tight. Um, just got to be careful with the Warriors that they stay. They don't float in and out of games. They've got to play there for 80 minutes if there are any chance against this Roosters side. And 
Um, why, as I said, why they're depleted? They're still the Sydney Roosters. They're still going to be competitive, and they're going to be a threat to any of these, any club um, in the competition, let alone the New Zealand Warriors. So, with the Roosters by two in this one. All right, we head into the last game of the week now. Monday afternoon football between the West Tigers and the Parramatta Eels, and. Uh, Really, uh, the Tigers, they needed that win desperately against the Knights last week. They did get it. They had a very positive performance. Dane Laurie and Adam Dewey were absolute standouts, and I think Adam Dewey adds a lot to this Tigers side in terms of coordination and working with Luke Brooks, and um, he's ball running. He's an absolute dangerous player at his best, and he's providing that. Jacob Little's been great from dummy half as well. They're versing a Parramatta side that's undefeated, only one of two teams that are undefeated in the competition at this point. Uh, of the season, three rounds in. I think it was a similar situation last year where Penrith and Parramatta were both undefeated. But of course, Parramatta kind of dropped away as the season progressed. They need a lot better than that this year. And Brad Arthur is going to be expecting them to really be a force come finals time. But they can't look past their opponents this week. The West Tigers, they just need to keep playing good football. Mitchell Moses had an HIA issue last week. He got replaced by Will Smith, who came in and absolutely killed it. So it's good to see that Parramatta's got a little bit of depth there. Um, I feel I feel like uh, Guffson's, you know, at the best, some of the best form he's been in, in his career still, and their forward pack. Nathan Brown did a great job last week, but Regan Campbell Gillard and Junior Paulo really late, uh, really raising the standards of the entire team around them. And they're leading by example. And they're probably the two informed props in the competition at the moment. They're just playing that well. The Tigers need to find a way to somehow negate or, you know, lessen their impact on the match. But those two uh, have been making it so hard for opposition in the first 20. They did it against Melbourne. They followed up against Cronulla, really laying the platform. And uh, this Parramatta side going much better than they thought they would at this point of the year. Isaiah Papali's been outstanding from the bench. Um, they're, just, they're just flying through this competition at the moment. The Tigers, they finally got that win off the back. We'll see if they drop off a little bit, and they do. I think the Eels can put a score on. But this is actually going to be one of the most entertaining games of the week, in my opinion, and I'm looking forward to it. I'd uh, like to see, obviously, a bit more consistency from the Tigers. We'll see if they can really back that win up with another strong performance. It's going to be a good battle up front. James Tarmo and Jane Musgrove are going to have to rise to the challenge. As I said, those front rollers from the Eels, absolutely on fire. I just expect Parramatta to have a little bit more firepower when it matters the most. But I've got Parramatta by six in this match, but I think it's going to be tight throughout, and uh, that'll make both Parramatta and Penrith 4-0 to start their season, which is... A massive achievement at this point, and uh, you know it's they, they're getting closer to a point where you know they'd have to really fall to pieces to miss the finals with with four wins on the board early in the year. But uh, Parramatta in this match by six points. All right, so that is my footy tips for round four of the NRL Telstra Premiership. Just to recap, on the Thursday night, I've got the Penrith Panthers being way too strong for a manly side that's. Lacking everything at the moment. On the Friday night games, the Rabbitohs destroying the Canterbury Bulldogs. I've got the Storm being too strong for the Broncos. Super Saturday, I've got the Sharks winning just against North Queensland Cowboys, which should be a tight contest. The Titans upsetting the Canberra Raiders. On the Sunday games, I've got the Knights being too strong for the Roosters. The Roosters surviving against the New Zealand Warriors. And the, on the Monday, I've, the Easter Monday, I've got the... Parramatta Eels uh, prevailing against the West Tigers. Those are my tips for round four. Hope you guys enjoyed the show again this week. If we go to my bets of the week, which did not pay out last week because of the the Melbourne loss to start the, 
the rounds. Uh, I think that you've got a lot of teams this week. There's a lot of one-sided matches. So if you're looking for value, you're going to be hard-pressed to find it this week. I think you've got to have uh, Manly, I mean Penrith, sorry, to beat Manly 13-plus to start the round. It just makes sense. It's $1.46. I think it's almost guaranteed money unless Manly really get their, their heads in gear. Speaking of guaranteed money, you've got the Rabbitohs 13-plus against the Bulldogs at $1.38. Those two odds alone get you to $2. You can double your money there. I think it's the safest bet this week. I think it is the match, the bet of the week. Penrith 13-plus into South Sydney 13-plus. Uh, I want to thank Matt Cosler again for being my guest last week. If you guys want to see more guests, it's important that you guys support the show. I'd love to have more of you come on and be guest panelists. So uh, please like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. We just passed 500 likes. Let's start the race to 1,000 now. And thank you guys for uh, listening each and every week. It means a lot to me. And I'm really enjoying it and hoping that uh, 2021, the rest of the year, is... uh, is going to be really in my favor in terms of me getting footy tips correct because it's been a little bit of a rough start to the year. But come on the perfect round. I'm confident this week. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you guys next week on Steve's NRL Footy Tips.